This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's a place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, hello, folks. Here we are, Dr. Charles Parker, one more time at Core Brain Journal, and we have a highly esteemed guest today who's done a lot to, for me and with me to forward my career in terms of thinking with individuals correctly and helpfully in my office. Dr. Russell Jaffe, thank you so much for joining us. Well, a pleasure to be here. So I'm going to do a brief intro, and Russ, I forgot to tell you, we're going to take a little break in the middle, and I'll have a question that I'll prepare for you, then we'll take that break, and we'll go from there. So um, one of the things that I wanted to say about uh, Dr. Jaffe is the fact that uh, his concept on a very basic level of transit time has been so operationally useful. You know, I'm a traditional psychiatrist, of course, but uh, Dr. Jaffe really came to this whole situation of mind health from a very basic level in terms of uh, how a person, uh, how a person's uh, uh, system, biomedical system really works effectively. So what I'm going to do is just do a brief introduction, then we're going to talk about uh, that whole thing of transit time just a little bit, and we have a much deeper uh, series of uh, issues to talk about as well. So let me tell you, Dr. Russell Jaffe received his BSMD and PhD from the Boston University School of Medicine in 1972. He completed residency training in clinical chemistry at the National Institutes of Health from 73 to 76, and he remained on the permanent senior staff until 1979. He's board certified in both clinical pathology and in chemical pathology. He's a physician and scientist who aspired to be comprehensive, objective, empiric, experimental, and Dr. Jaffe started his career searching for the deeper understanding, the wisdom and evidence of insight on the mechanisms of health, how people actually remained healthy. Through his intense curiosity and learned skepticism, Dr. Jaffe sought to debunk the best-known advocates of a variety of health promotion and healing systems. What started as a journey to disprove disprove holistic forms of care became a rich educational experience that transformed Dr. Jaffe into a student and then researcher in such areas as traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, active meditation, homeopathy, and the manipulative arts. So I'm going to just say one more thing about Dr. Jaffe. He's got so many credentials, but I I love the way he writes and the way he talks. For the last 30 years, Dr. Jaffe has advocated a system that treats people, not diagnoses, cause, not consequence, and promotes long-term sustainable solutions as an alternative to a system dominated by prescriptive symptom suppression solutions. Dr. Jaffe's cumulative experience enabled him to take his efforts one step further and build Perk Integrative Health, a company that offers the world's scientifically proven integrative health solutions that speed the transition from sick care to healthy living. So he's been honored many times in a variety of different ways. Uh, International Science 2003 by the IBC in Oxford, England. He uh, 
it serves on the American Board of Clinical Medical Talk, uh, Metal Toxicology and is one of the America's top physicians in 2005. Who's who in America? Who's who in medicine and science? Who's who in business and, and, and engineering? Uh, I wish we had time for him to tell us a story about how he consulted with uh, Russian authorities following Chernobyl, but we won't be getting into that. So that's a short intro. There's so much to say. Much of this is going to be in the show notes, Dr. Jaffe. Thanks again for joining us. So the real issue is to get started. Just where are you? What's your main interest right now? What are you thinking about that's uh, important that we need to do as mental health professionals to look more carefully at the evolution of mind science? Where, where is it going right now? Well, I think, I think neuroscience is returning to basics, which means biochemical individuality. And biochemical individuality is epigenetic, not genetic. So 92% of how be confirmed and reconfirmed and reconfirmed is choice. It's habits of daily living. It's the way in which we choose to live. 8% is mom and dad and genetics. So genetics does exist. But what's much more important is the epigenetic choices that we make day by day, because it turns out that 80% of the toxic burden, even in the 21st century, is short-lived, which means if we reduce the exposure and we enhance our ability to get the schmutzy stuff out, we can actually survive the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's so, it's so good to talk. We've had several people uh, on talking about toxicology, and uh, we had... Uh, one of the individuals uh, that uh, you know very well, Dr. Pizzarno. And oh, then we- sure. No, Joe Pizzarno is an excellent guy. Lara's an excellent person. Um, the dilemma, and, and, and this is no criticism of Joe or anyone in that genre, but almost everyone's objective is to make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Mm-hmm. Well... I can do that in about 15 seconds. My question is, <laughs> what's the solution? How do you survive? How do you cost-effectively, how do you value-based you know, your, your solutions so that people can actually, in the 21st century, thrive, not just survive? There's too much survival. You know, we actually should be above, th- above survival. So to begin that conversation, I'm just going to tell our listening audience, I was talking a little bit with Dr. Jaffe before we got started and mentioned it briefly here. Dr. Jaffe really helped me with the whole concept of transit time. Uh, We were thinking about different ways that you could measure very easily and uh, at home uh, to assess what's going on biomedically. And uh, one of the things that we uh, learned with Dr. Jaffe. Thank you very much again, Russ, for, for your information on this. Is Because I've been using it ever since we first met with uh, a tremendous amount of success. Which, by the way, is long enough to know better. You don't have to say how long, but it's long enough to know better. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I won't mention it. Yeah, so, but the bottom line is transit time, and I'll leave a link for it in here. We've got a reference from the Mayo Clinic on it, but I'd well, like you to please, if you would address that a little bit, how you got you know, into transit it. Transit time, in essence, transit time is the time from consuming to eliminating, and healthy is 12 to 18 hours, and more than 18 hours is too long. And a typical American today is somewhere out around, you know, five to seven days. 
So people will say to you, oh, I'm regular. I go every day. And I say to them, well, is what's coming out from yesterday or is it from last week? Because mm-hmm. if you have cadaverine and putrescine and various other you know, metabolites being reabsorbed because of a long transit time, everything else is going to get worse. So we have rediscovered and or pioneered certain self-assessments. These are generally tests that cost less than $10 that people can do on themselves to find out if they're ungestopt. Ungestopt is a Yiddish-German word for constipated, but it's, it's more than constipated. It means really, you know, a cork in your tush. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy come in, Russ, and uh, he said, Parker, I think you're anally fixated. Uh, you keep asking <laughs> me this. You asked this question now twice. You asked this question initially, and I told you I went every single day since I was a kid, and I said, look, the medications are not working right. There's a whole problem. There's some kind of uh, impediment here. Tell me again how many times a day you go number two, and that's when he said they thought you were anally fixated, and I said, well, do me a favor. My, my test costs 69 cents. There you go. You can eat a can of corn on Saturday. Okay. Salt and pepper's okay. And then you look at your watch and see how long it takes to pass. No, no, that's fine. You can do the same with beets. We prefer charcoal. But something that accurately measures. And by the way, when I have roasted beets for dinner, I expect to see beets in the commode in the morning. But I will tell you, when I see red, in the commode in the morning, my first thought is not beets. <laughs> That's because even you're... After all these, even after all these years. Yeah. So, yeah, he had a 10-day passage time. He came back right? in two, two weeks and he said, I hate to tell you, but it's been 10 days. I mean, thank uh-huh. you very much. But, I mean, this is the reason nothing's working for you. He's a treatment uh-huh. failure based on a simple 69-cent test. There you go. So let's talk about the relevance of that biomedically then, Dr. Jaffe, if you don't mind, because that takes us down another path that's much more, uh, you know, a person could say, well, that's kind of silly, Parker. You're talking about the mouth to the south. I mean, who, who really cares about that? I mean, you're, you're a psychiatrist. What's the meaning of that? What is it, how does it really work itself out biomedically? And Dr. Jaffe, if you could say a few words about that, I'd appreciate it. No, I'd be happy to. And as you know, Dr. Parker, I'm kind of cross, 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 cross trained. Uh, the, the meaning of that is that when I say that transit time, this, you know, dollar a day or dollar a test, simple self-assessment, can add life to years, can add years to life. Why? Because it reveals things that much more expensive tests do not reveal. You can, for example, do a CAT scan, an MRI, uh, a dog scan, which could go with the CAT scan. I don't know. I <laughs> someone has a dog scan to go with the CAT scan. No, no. I once, I saw a cartoon with the cat walking around the person. That was a CAT scan. You know, <laughs> these things are uh, they're, they're they're a little mysterious, but I can tell you that the basic, the fundamental. Uh, the physiologic, the self-assessment that leads to epigenetic eight tests. And out of bazillion tests, we came down to eight that cover all of epigenetics. Well, let's talk so a moment about self-assessments. That. You start with self-assessments, you move on to the epigenetics. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about that because those would be useful. These are tests that you, uh, you know, what happens with Dr. Jaffe folks is that if, if you listen to them, you have options. You don't listen to them. You have many, many fewer options and you wind up treating the symptoms because you have no other targets to shoot at. So let's Dr. talk about Parker, Dr. Parker, I particularly appreciate your saying that exactly the way my mother wrote it. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in heaven, my mother just, you know. <laughs> Your mother and I are telepathically connected, no doubt. <laughs> so let's talk about some of those tests and some of the main ones. We won't be able to hit all eight of them, but let's, let's run through some that you find. Through them quickly. We can go through them quickly, and then we can, you know, highlight the most important one. You start with hemoglobin A1C. That's a familiar test of average blood sugar over time. Then you move on to HSCRP, high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. That is the measure of inflammation, repair deficit, uh, risk of autoimmunity. Then you move on to homocysteine. Now, homocysteine is the measure of methylation. Methylation is really methionine to homocysteine ratios, but ratios are a little complicated. We'll come back to that later. Then you get to immune tolerance, LRA testing. Then you get to vitamin D, because it's really important, because it's a neurohormone. It's not really a vitamin. Then you get to omega-3 index, first morning urine pH, and 8-oxoguanine. And now you have covered all of epigenetics in, how long did we do that? 90 seconds? Wow. Yeah, and, th and that pH point is another point that you've raised, which is so absolutely germane to what's going oh, on. Oh, absolutely. Only if you want to live. If if you want to slowly die, don't pay attention to your urine pH. But your urine pH after rest, and this is a very important point, after six or more hours of rest, and yes, you can go to the bathroom. You just can't go jump around and, and go to the you know refrigerator. Um, but after six or more hours of rest, the urine equilibrates with the bladder cells. And now you have, for roughly a couple of dollars a day, a test that um, measures metabolic cellular acidosis, magnesium deficit or need and then you can even assess how much magnesium you need to take with choline citrate that enhances the uptake and chaperones the delivery um, based on continuing to measure that first morning urine pH and keep a log of it see that's I mean that those two elements alone mm -hmm. you know the urinary pH right and the transit time Right. They're so commonplace, and they're so completely cost-effective. That is, why would people not do that as a standard of care? Why wouldn't that be the standard of care? It's amazing. Oh, it will be. No, no, thanks for asking it that way. It will be the standard of care. I understand that if it costs a bazillion dollars, then everyone would pay for it. But why would you pay for something that's so simple, so simply elegant, elegantly simple? Well, why? Because it works. And in the future, value-based compensation not volume, is going to be the basis. And when we finally get to value, oh, God, are these going to be high-value tests? And with, you know, um, implications, which means what we, we know what to do about the result. So, you know, one of the things that occurs to me as we're talking about this, you, you, I will have all these listed in the show notes, but I think we need to take this down to a very kind of, if you will, elemental level. And there's a question I'm going to ask you. We're going to take a brief break here. And we want to get down to exactly what we're talking about, the pH, if you don't mind. Well, oh, sure. and, and what I want to do is ask you when we come back, if a person has 
a change in pH, which is clearly more acidic, then what does that mean clinically? Yep. What should one do about it? And what does it actually do? This is the key question. Is right. going to be a big question to uh, neurotransmitters and brain function. Absolutely. Happy to. So we're going to take a break now, Dr. Jaffe, and we'll be back, folks, in just a moment. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations, may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression on every level for families, including military families internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know we refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing? So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's d-h-a-l-a-b.com forward slash core. Okay, folks, here we are back again. Now, we've touched on some extremely elemental concepts with a person who's very highly trained, you know, MD, PhD. He worked with the National Institutes of Health for years. He's esteemed internationally as an individual who's presenting, uh, as I said, internationally for a variety of topics that are related to uh, medicine, the evolution of medicine. And we're talking about urine pH, and how that can actually change the lives of listeners here. So, Dr. Jaffe, tell us a little bit about the difference between acidic, alkaline, what's the objective there, and what are the implications for that uh, difference clinically? After rest, when the urine is below 6.5, you have too little magnesium and too much acid in the cell. When you lack magnesium and you have too much acid, the battery of the cell begins to shut down. And now you shift from uh, what I will call elective protective mode, where you have lots of energy, to survival mode, where you're get up and go, got up and went, and you can't find it. That's the point. 
So then how does that, what are the implications for that? How does the energy uh, dissipate when a person has that change from uh, as, uh, uh, alkalinity to acidity? What does that actually do physiologically to adrenal oh, function, brain function? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. There was a guy named Mitchell that gave him the Nobel Prize because he figured out something called the proton gradient. The proton gradient says if you have enough magnesium, then the battery of the cell, the mitochondria, can give you the energy ATP, but it also gives you an acid proton. And if you have the magnesium, then you can kick the acid proton out. If you don't have the magnesium, you can't, and then the battery shuts down. And, and then you go from elective, protective, to survival mode. You get up and go, got up and went, and you can't find it anymore. And there are many versions of that, but that's the essence. So the metaphoric battery then that Dr. Jaffe is talking about, folks, is downright intracellular mitochondrial function. You know, it's basically. Not, no, no, it's not, it's not metaphoric. It is the mitochondria. Yeah. The mitochondria is the battery. The battery is the mitochondria. Yeah. We can talk about, you know, the details of that. But yes, when I said battery, I meant mitochondria. When you said mitochondria, you were talking about what I was talking about. Yes, <laughs> and and then if that mitochondria or mitochondria isn't working, then the person's energy is down the tubes. It isn't necessarily just uh, the assumption would be that it's adrenal function, but adrenal function. Well, you can you can call it tired for whatever reason or pain for whatever reason, but the reality is that if you look particularly at the brain or the gut nervous system, which is also important. You really need to have each of these predictive biomarkers at their healthy outcome goal value if you want to be healthy. If you want to be ill, if you want to be unhealthy, like so many people are today, well, then you don't have to be at your best outcome goal value. But we want people to do the self-assessments, then we want them, then we encourage them uh, to do the uh, eight predictive biomarkers. They're not all that complicated or expensive, uh, but they do give you an indication of how long you're going to live and how well you're going to be. And so we want people to live long and well rather than short and suffer. So then you put together uh, Perk Pharmaceuticals in a, in a process of looking at correcting these different things. One of the things that Dr. Jaffe has available to anybody is a uh, urine pH tape over... <laughs> Pardon me, pardon me, at the Perk Pharmaceuticals. I mean... Well, let, 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 yeah, let's be clear. So I have uh, DXNX and RX, which is Diagnostic Immunology, the LRAB Eliza Act, Proprietary Immune Tolerance Test. That's one of the eight biomarker tests. Then we do have Perk Integrative Health, and Perk Integrative Health makes available these self-assessments at cost. We want people to do them because they lead people to make decisions that are smarter. So these are very inexpensive self-assessments that we do make available, actually through the Health Stage Collegium, but let's, you know, let's split hairs. Um, and then we have, you know, other entities that are pursuing the concept of evoking human healing responses and reducing human suffering. So when a person comes in as an innocent to begin to consider these, your recommendation would be to do these eight and really have some uh, information specifically about these eight. Now, do you have a resource that you would recommend that pulls together that, uh, those, those favorite eight topics of yours? I absolutely do. It's called Dr. Russell Jaffe forward slash PPB. 
And I'm going to repeat that twice because it's fairly quick. Dr. Russell Jaffe, and by the way, two L's and two S's and two F's, but one E. Dr. Russell Jaffe. Yep. Dot com forward slash PPB. And that will get you, that will get you the eight predictive biomarkers. That's fantastic. So that we'll just we'll have that in the show notes. If you didn't get it, you're driving to work, we'll get it done. We'd be right there in the show notes. I've written it down. And then we have betterlabtestnow.com forward slash AWG where you get the Alkaline Way Guide. This is over a hundred pages of how to live and survive in an environment that makes your body more acid. Acid wears you out and wears you down, but you gotta take in the minerals that buffer and make you more alkaline, and we'll show you how to know how much you need and how to get it from places that are actually tasty as opposed to feel like tree bark. Now, Russ, give me that URL again if you would have went quickly there. Absolutely. Betterlabtestsnow.com forward slash AWG. Got you. AWG is like Alkaline Way Guide. Betterlabtestsnow.com forward gotcha. slash AWG. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'll get that out. It's going to be great. Oh, sure. Oh, sure, sure. So let's talk about the larger picture for a moment. Those are some specifics that we're into that say, hey, guys, there's some basic things that we can do that are going to really individualize care, that will really customize it as opposed to throwing meds at the symptoms. So the next question is, just give me, if you will, your take as a person who's been in the functional medicine field for years. Uh, what your take is on the evolution of mind science, what you think is going on. You have your finger on the pulse of this. You see people all the time. Uh, I've been to some of the conferences you've had. They're just outstanding. The people who are with you and work with you. What would you say is the, is the ultimate project that we need to work on as professionals to take it to the next level? Oh, I would say the following. First of all, recognize that Alzheimer's is really diabetes of the brain, and therefore, how do you restore insulin sensitivity in people who are kind of forgetful? Number two, how do you deal with the stresses and strains that cause your pineal gland to tell your hypothalamus and your thalamus that the pituitary is absolutely gonna not get what it needs, and then what's the consequences when the master of the master of the master gland is upside down because it doesn't get the right frequencies of green in relation to blue and amber. Is and that then, right? That's an, I haven't heard that one before. That is totally it, interesting. It's totally interesting. It's something of interest for the last 30 years to me. And yes, it's ready for prime time. And, and Dinsha Jadiali and uh, Edwin Babbitt and Bhante Damarwara were talking about this, you know, 100 years ago. But, you know, today it's definitely ready for prime time. So let's say that in, in sort of uh, everyday language. So in the everyday language. Let me say in everyday language. In order to be a healthy human being, you must have self-regulation that comes from the green frequency that is what we grew up in in the forests of yore. Now, today people live in buildings and they have artificial lighting, and they have all sorts of artificial things, but artificial food. And so they don't have the green to blue or the green to amber ratio that used to cause them to have a happy, healthy, pineal master, master, super master of the master gland. 
And because the pineal today is unhappy, the pituitary is upside down. That is very interesting. So now you added, a, 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 I haven't heard this before. I'm curious about it. Oh, so why would, I, why would I say something you have heard before? You have <laughs> to hear something that you haven't heard before. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Quite well said. So then what does one do about it? That's the natural next uh -huh. question. Well, what do you do about it? You do green light meditation. You use dichromatic green bulbs. You go out in the forest and amble in the woods. You, you, you plant a garden and put your hands in the dirt. There's a lot of things you actually can do, ranging from green dichromatic light to green meditation to walking in the forest to putting your hands in dirt. And that's just a start. Wow. That's amazing. And, you know, it certainly answers the point that so many are raising about natural light and being outside as being right. helpful. No question about it. Absolutely. I do want you to know that when the weather is suitable, we sleep out on a deck so that dawn comes to us naturally. It's actually a very nice, pleasant thing. First, it's really dark, then it begins to get light. <laughs> I will tell you as an aside that one night, this was up in our New Jersey home, we fell asleep and it snowed. And so when we got up, we were like chipmunks, <laughs> you know, putting our heads up above the... It wasn't a lot of snow. And by the way, snow is a good insulator, so, you know, don't feel bad. But I, I just want you to know that natural rhythms are very important, and they have been largely ignored, truncated, and or um, obfuscated uh, by the last, you know, 20, 30 years of the built environment. That's amazing. That is amazing. Let me ask you about something else that you hit upon quickly, which is a personal interest of mine, and that's the whole methylation process in homocysteine. Because so much is going on with MTHFR, uh, polymorphisms, and, and all that. And, you know, um, I, I've been hanging out with uh, Dr. Bill Walsh, who's very sure. strong on, on whole blood histamine as a measurement for uh, methylation indices, which is a larger picture than just the polymorphism with MTHFR. And well, if you start with Bill Walsh and properly measuring histamine, you're going to have an interesting challenge because almost all histamine measurements are not properly done. The only two places that I know that do them properly are the uh, Wichita Center that Hugh Reardon started and the center that Bill Walsh runs as an homage to Carl Pfeiffer. Mm -hmm. However, however, the effort cost, etc. Receiving the tubes, getting the specimen to them, getting the results, etc. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. I don't know what else to say. And, and, and I'm their friend. I really yeah. am their friend. Now, what I say is that Kilmer Macaulay was correct. In the late 60s until today, Dr. Kilmer Macaulay has pointed out that if you have a high homocysteine and a low methionine, you're in trouble. But if you have a low homocysteine and a high methionine, you're fine, unless you drive that with the methylcobalamin that causes hypermethylation because it really is the Goldilocks scenario. Not too much, not too little. Don't hypermethylate, don't hypomethylate. Today, a lot of people are giving a pharmacologic form of B12 that nature never intended to be used that is able to cause harm, not just 
drive health, and I'm in favor of physiology. I'm not in favor of rushing to pharmacology. I'm in favor of using nature, nurture, and wholeness, going to physiology before pharmacology, and at least in my experience for the last 40, 50 years, I haven't needed to go past that. Well, you know, I've seen that. Uh, you know, Russ, the, the whole thing of the overmethylation is can make a person really completely dysfunctional and yes, sir. anxiety ridden. Yes, sir. And it's 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 amazing. So if you don't have a sense of what's going on with that methylation process, just right. as you talked about right from the beginning, then even use a healthy hydroxy- inter- use hydroxycobalamin, the nature's precursor that is safe and effective. The body converts that where it needs and uses it when it needs it within a very short period of time, either the acetyl or the methyl form. You don't need the cyano. You do need the hydroxo. And you need a bunch of it. And you can't decide whether you want it to dissolve under the tongue before swallowing or whether you want it in a super multi. But that's an individual choice. Yeah, we're, we're using your product in that regard for, for, you know, a long time now because of the mm-hmm. awareness of the relevance of that. And we've seen so many people that come in, they had the MTHR polymorphism variation, and then they went in and uh, took all these methyl products, including methionine and, and methylcobalamin and the whole thing. And, then, and they're just, all, they can't even go to work. They're completely frozen out. It's, it's like their brain snaps with anxiety. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And I called a a colleague of mine at the military medical school. This happens to be the scientist who evaluates whether the uh, special forces are too stressed out or whether they can go out on mission. And she said she can't believe what they are seeing, even in their everyday clinic. What you just said, people who are made dysfunctional or at least less functional because of a well-marketed but non-physiologic form of B12. Why would we do pharmacology before physiology? I think everyone would want, if they understood, they would want to do physiology before pharmacology. And just so our listeners would get that, Russ, you're talking about physiology measurement. Yes, I'm talking about physiology measurement. I'm also talking about using the physiologic forms of of, of vitamin B, B B-complex, uh, of, of recognizing that magnesium is necessary every time B-complex is needed, and that when you need B12, you need hydroxocobalamin. When you need folate, you need all eight forms. When you need vitamin E, you need all eight forms. And yes, you need selenomethionine because that's how it works. It's called physiology for a reason. It's, it's, you know, it's not called mahjong. It is physiology. <laughs> Uh, he hasn't lost his sense of humor, folks. He's, 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 still, he's still looking at it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. And by the way, uh, as you may or may not know, Dr. Jaffe and Perk Pharmaceuticals, they have these mixes. This is one of the things he does is he mixes his supplements with this physiology in mind. So you don't go in there and have any kind of worry about making a mistake when you thinking about supplementing regarding some of these issues that we're talking about. It's just, it's... No, absolutely. Thank you. But um, as you know, I started the uh, ELIZAC Biotechnologies, the Cell Culture Lymphocyte Response Assay Lab, before Perk Integrative Health. And the only reason we started Perk Integrative Health was someone had to do it. I went to everyone in the industry and I said, 
why don't you be full disclosure? Why don't you use the physiologic forms? Why don't you do it right? And they said, oh, you're going to have a hobby. It won't be a business. It's too expensive. If you do it all right, uh, you know, people won't understand and they'll undercut you and blah, blah, blah. But my father said to me that word of mouth is the best advertising. And I will tell you it's not a hobby. It is a business. And the word of mouth gets it to me. I'll tell you that because we see it happen all the time. And all you have to do is take one person who has done just the basic MTHR polymorphism, which, which takes only a, a small portion of the entire picture. Right. And you're in a, you're in a, you're in a different land. I mean, it's helpful. It's not Absolutely. a bad thing. And, and by the way, there are at least 10,000 of those polymorphisms. And from what my colleague tells me, only a few of them have any medical or, or clinical significance. Most of them are just variants. So, you know, in Yiddish, we say haftir gazuk, which means what does it mean? <laughs> Brings me back to my Philadelphia days. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's very, very helpful. So, in closing, let's think about what's the message we would like to have. We've covered a lot of bases. And, of course, at, at this time with just a short interview like this, it's difficult to get into the, the depth of, of what you really know and what you put out there. I think the best thing for us to do is to say, Dr. Jaffe, where would you like people to go so they can learn more? You have provided a download. We're going to have a download there on the website that has to do with alkalinity and pH, and we thank you very much for that PDF. So a person can just download that and come on over and get some more information there. But where else would you like to send people to say, hey, folks, here we, here's where you can get some more information? Well, betterlabtestnow.com is a source for the eight predictive biomarkers direct for consumers. Okay. Now, elizaact.com is for professionals who might want to get certified in the WellGuard program through Health Studies Collegium and really help transform their practice uh, towards health promotion uh, and away from uh, the more conventional symptom suppression. Now, if folks want to know more about what we talked about earlier, it would be drrusselljaffe.com forward slash ppb which will give you the information on the predictive biomarkers and then there's betterlabtestnow.com forward slash awg and that will give you the alkaline way guide of how to survive in the 21st century russ thank you so much it's so much fun seeing you hey you know mutually you're doing well out there it looks you look great of course we're doing this on radio, so, but it's good yeah. to see you in person. It's, just, it's really fun to... Well, it, it, it absolutely is. It's been a little while, and I hope it won't be so long till the next time. I, I, I completely agree. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate oh, it. A pleasure. Thank you so much for being such a good interview. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive, misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications, like those written for ADHD, are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at 
corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.